0: I cannot wait to see you. Susie Jaramillo knows how to build a brand. For years, she led one of the top multicultural creative agencies in the US. Then she decided. To apply that expertise to a brand of her own, Encantos, a media company that designs, develops, and distributes animated films, books, and apps. Today, I'm in Susie's home in Brooklyn, hoping to absorb her wisdom on branding, pivoting mid-career, and staying focused on the purpose that drives her business. Susie, I was planning on starting this interview by telling you that because I know I was interviewing you, I've been singing Los Pollitos. I mean, we sing that in my home all the time. <laughs> awesome. Um, but wow, I am with you on a big day for you.
1: Yeah, it's it's a very exciting day. Two million dollars yeah. raised
0: in an oversubscribed seed round. Yeah, it's
1: very exciting. That's got to feel good. It it the the important thing is is it's just really it shows how people really get the opportunity. It shows how you know the investment community really understands the need for content and for brands that appeal to diverse markets, diverse kids, diverse families. What
0: was it like to walk into those rooms and make those pitches?
1: It was, I'm not going to lie, it's a, it was a little intimidating because, um, because I don't come from finance. I've never raised money before. Um, I got to walk in with my partner, who's amazing, And I have a fundamental belief that if you be true to yourself, everything else will follow. It was my job in those rooms to tell the story. That's all I had to do. I also really felt, I walked into every single room thinking if this is meant to be, it will happen. If this is not meant to be, it will not happen. And and that is a wonderful way of like letting go of all of your fears. I've always believed that like fear is for rich people right there with insecurity. Those are like luxuries I can't really afford. (laughs) So I would just walk in like, okay, this is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. It makes complete sense to us. If you would like to be a part of this and help us build, you are welcome. If you have a good, if you really question this opportunity, if you question this market, if you don't believe in that what we're doing, we're probably not the right fit for you.
0: You say your premise is simple when in reality what you're trying to do is very complicated. Um, Build beloved brands and tell authentic stories. Create content inspired by a world of culture. Use media and technology as a force for good. Those are not simple goals, Susie.
1: You know, one at a time. I I like to say you can do everything just not at once, not all at once. And you put one foot in front of the other. If you're going to build a brand, it might as well be a beloved brand <laughs> that spends mm-hmm. the test of time, right? If you're going to build a brand, it might as well have substance. It might as well have stories. If you come from a diverse culture, you might as well tell your story. Um, you might as well elevate your community. Um, and if you're an artist, if you're a creative, I think you, you do your best when you serve. When you are true to your community, when you are true to your values— and when you are true to the message that you think needs to be told at a given point in time. And I think right now it's really important that our stories be told the way we want to tell them.
0: You say you knew what was missing in the market. What was missing?
1: Well, it, it's kind of funny. Um, so I, I came from the advertising space. And I'm going to just do the setup first. And on a regular basis, I pitch the um the multicultural markets, the Latino opportunity and how, how much, um, how powerful this market was. They're Did you ever power. get
0: to a point where you would say they're the most brand loyal group in America and almost gag from the fact that you had to? Oh my gosh. I,
1: I, my, my frustration with the, his, with the Latin community is that they don't demand more. Mm. That they don't demand more from their media companies, more from the companies that they buy from. They're a market that gets taken for granted completely mm-hmm. and that was a massive source of frustration for me. It's like, sure, they, they, they watch these mad media outlets because it, they're the only ones that cater to them. That, that want to tell their stories, and I was like, "But I love these cultures. I live these cultures." And so I felt that okay, so here's a business opportunity now. You know, because on a regular basis I'm pitching this business, and yet I know that these um, these my most of my clients are not really going to do much because they kind of just want to do what's good enough. Um, and I was having babies. And I was kind of done, mentally done with advertising. I was like, okay, this this is what I'm not doing what I was, I'm was i supposed to do. I know that, you know, you have this little inside voice. It's the little voice that tells you, you know, this would be a really good idea. You could do this really well. Um, and I wasn't drawing. I'm an artist by trade. That's what I studied. That's what I'm best at. And I was like, you know what? There's a massive opportunity to do wonderful, beautiful, illustrated stories, animated projects for In in, in my case, in the Latin community, and I'm not going to do it here in the advertising agency, let me at least in a low-hanging fruit. I mean, where are my board books that celebrate my Latin culture? Where is Los Pollitos? Where where is, you know, Un Elefante Se Balanciaba? And I was like, if I don't do this, someone else is going to do it. They're going to do it badly, and I'm going to be so pissed. (laughs) I'm going to be so pissed. I can tell you there
0: are a lot of people that have done it badly. I mean, when you… I've had the experience of going to buy Spanish language books for my child and just, first of all, there's not a lot on the shelf. A lot of what's on the shelf feels like it was an afterthought. My husband's like, did they run this through Google Translate? Did they they have an actual Spanish speaker who wrote this? What, What, when you actually looked at the market, what wasn't there
1: so most of what you would find in terms of board books were translations of American nursery rhymes or translations of American classics, the Boynton books, Eric Carlisle, you know, Dr. Seuss in Spanish, right? But you couldn't find the witty, wonderful nursery rhymes that actually come from that culture. And I was like, Which this also is matters
0: because those things are written. To rhyme in a way that helps you learn some basics exactly, of language exactly. that doesn't work in transliteration.
1: Exactly. So, so, so that was my challenge, right? Because I, I if if we can sing "Twinkle Twinkle Star" in Spanish, why can't the American markets sing "Los Pollitos in English? Why can't our nursery rhymes be American classics? As we're a part of this tapestry now. Mm-hmm. So part of my challenge as a kid who grew up on Dr. Seuss was, let me take all of these wonderful nursery rhymes and interpret them in English. And I want American kids to sing "Little chickie squeal, be be, <laughs> you know what I mean? and understand these nursery rhymes and sing them in English. And this, this way the Spanish will be closer to them. The culture will be closer to them. because part of our responsibility as cultural ambassadors is to bring the cultures closer together. Whether it be through language, whether it be culture, art, it doesn't matter. Like, if, if I have a little American kid singing Little Chickies in English, a little Latin kid will get excited. They know it, right? Even though it's in English, it's familiar to them. Anyways, I just wanted to make it easier for everybody. <laughs> so how did you start? I didn't know exactly what this would look like. I knew it would be a brand. I knew it would it would celebrate all these adorable little characters star- starring Little Chickies. I mean, it's pretty cute, right? <laughs> Um, but I didn't know how I was going to do it. However, it just made sense to start with board books. And I wanted the board books to be reversible and lift the flap. So
0: for someone who doesn't have a child, mm-hmm. a board book is?
1: A board book is a thick, heavy book that a kid will not tear easily. This thick. is a critical thing they to understand. They can slobber on it and yes. it will survive. <laughs> Chew on it. It's like Chew on the durability it. is important. It's, and, 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 and here's here's another part. This is a bo- this is a book that has very few words. <laughs> <laughs> So if you're an artist, it's low-hanging fruit. Yep. It's a book that relies heavier on art than it does than it does on on um, written prose. So you can do a board book with one nursery rhyme. So I was like, oh my gosh, this is a series. It's Mother Goose for the for the Latino community. But it, I personally find bilingual books oftentimes to be cumbersome because it's two languages that they throw at you on the same page, and it's it's cumbersome. And I wanted to do this in a different format. I wanted reversible board books because with reversible board books, you can read it in, in Spanish in one language. And when the kid goes, again, again, okay, again, let's read it in English. So you get to read to the child one language at a time, and you instill them in the love for languages with the repetition. And then they're able to appreciate things like, you know, phonics and music and early literary skills, You know, one language at a time. So I wanted to explore that new format, which I've never seen done with books here in the United States. And I had it in my head, like I gotta do this, I gotta do this. But of course, life takes over, right? I had at the time I had two little kids. I had a a four-year-old and a two and a half-year-old. And the two and a half-year-old was starting pre-pre-K, like two days a week, two and a half days a week in a little, you know, play group in a church basement. And she did not want to go to her group. And she was throwing all kinds of temper tantrums. And being the sucker that I was, <laughs> I decided, okay, I will leave. I'll sit here for four hours or at least maybe half an hour until you let me go. And I was in a church basement where there was no internet, so I couldn't read the news on my phone, which is normally what I would have done. So <laughs> I grabbed some construction paper and I started mapping out my little chickies book, the first book that we did. And when I saw how the format actually really worked— and how I could lift the flap and do peel and how I could make the, I could create a wheel and make the, the hen run to go get the 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 corn. I got really excited. And that was just the start. I I had a fully illustrated book two weeks later because I got so excited, I just immediately started drawing and illustrated. And then after that, I just started the next book. Okay, now I'm gonna do elephants. Now, because one thing that's I knew from my time as a creative is that you can talk all day long, but if you don't show people something. They cannot imagine it themselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, if you, and, and if you can't do the due diligence of believing in yourself and fleshing out your idea yourself, well, then it's not their responsibility to like project a made up vision of what you could do into the air. So it, it is important that you just do it that you just, you know, I, you know, it's funny because oftentimes people will tell me, well, how did you find the time to do it? And blah, blah, blah. And I, I, I just think it's important to know that you will never find the time. Nobody ever finds time. You make the time. If, if you really want to do something, you, you just do it. And everything else has followed since then. Have you
0: tried H2Rose? We saw it all over Instagram with backers like The Reels, Adrian Ballon, Having a diaper you can depend on is important, and it's why I have always loved Pampers, the number one pediatrician-recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diapers and wipes purchase. Not to mention, get great parenting content with Pampers Club.
1: Hi, Latina to Latina listeners. It's Brenda from Tamarindo Podcast. And if you love Latina to Latina, then we know that you're going to love Tamarindo Podcast.
0: So we got curious and tried it, and now we love it. H2 Rose is rose water infused with saffron and real fruit juice. Rose water is a favorite of skincare enthusiasts who credit it with improved complexion, and saffron has traditionally been associated with improved sleep and better moods. H2 Rose comes in four delicious flavors, peach, apple, mango, and wild berry, a team favorite. If you want to give it a try, you can find it in stores, order a pack online, or sign up for a subscription at drinkh2rose.com. Use the promo code Latina and get $5 off your first order. That's drinkh2rose.com. One thing I've not been able to deduce from reading all about you is 2015, you launch this. Are you still doing advertising at that time, or had you already sold the advertising agency?
1: So again, for me, it's really important to be true to yourself. That The whole ikigai model of like, what's your purpose? You find what you're good at. You find um, what you really love doing, how you serve, and how you make money. And I looked, and where those four circles overlap, right? That's your purpose, your reason for being. So while I was good at advertising, I didn't love doing it, and I didn't think it served my community, so I really felt like I, I needed to, to do a shift where I could do something that I was really good at, that I really loved doing, and that would also serve. So when I left advertising, I didn't look back. I completely unplugged because there's so many distractions. Tell me about the decision to
0: leave because a, it's a hard one when you're having a successful career.
1: It, it is, it is. And it was like, it, as, as Heidi, Heidi Klum would say, it, when you're in, you're in. And when you're out, you're out. <laughs> so basically, I took myself out. And it was like, okay, no FOMO. I'm going to miss out. So
0: you left, no salary.
1: No salary. I mean, I was lucky. We sold the company. Right. So I was lucky to have some savings. Mm-hmm. And I was lucky to have a wonderful partner. And we had a conversation about it. And I said, sweetie, I, I, I really feel like I need to do this. I'm, I'm not being true to myself. I'm not doing, being true to my purpose unless I try. And if I fail, I'll go back to work. Let's Give me two years. Two
0: years. <laughs> I was gonna ask how long it
1: took. Yeah. So he he gave me, we, we made a deal. I get I I could I could stay home and still still have household help for two years on a part-time basis and get off the ground. Well, in two years, um I met my co-founders and I had we had all this press. We had, you know, the first books published. Um and so in two years, there was enough there to where we agreed that I I would keep going, I would keep doing it.
0: And Cantos is designed to be a house of brands that is creator-led. What does that mean?
1: So we believe that stories are authentic when the creator tells them. It's it's. There's nothing worse than corporate brands. <laughs> You, do you know what I mean? It's like this corporation that's like, we're going to make a kid's brand. Well, if you and, notice even
0: a lot of these kids' books, they start out with one original author, but as they sort of become syndicated, they're yeah. almost like processed by machines. Yeah. Like there's like not even an author it, name exactly, on them anymore.
1: Exactly. So there will always be author names on our books for sure. So it's important for us that things not be um, manufactured and that they be grown. Uh, and we're more farmers and gardeners than we are, you know, Manufacturers of product and brands, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Yeah, and you don't want to be big Agra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't be the big. Exactly. <laughs>
0: Encantos specifically now has so many iterations. There's a Nick Jr. series.
1: Mm-hmm. There's an app. The house of brands that is Encantos. So Encantos is the parent company, and we have three brands. We have Canticos, which is our nursery rhyme brand. We have Tiny Travelers, which is our travel brand. It's like fall in love with the world brand. And then we have Skeletitos, which is kind of like our... I, you know, I don't want to call it a Day of the Dead brand, even though it, it definitely has the iconography of Day of the Dead. It's more our our brand that tackles anxiety and the 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 things that happen when you sleep your dreams
0: we talked to lots of ceos i think you've made it clear to me why that wasn't the title that fit for you mm-hmm. i've actually not spoken with many chief creative officers mm-hmm. where does your responsibility and your jurisdiction begin and end
1: so i i think it's my responsibility to to ensure that every single piece of of creative or content or even brand that we build is world class, mm. that we always compete with the best in the business. It's, it's really important, especially as, as a Latino, that when you go out and you put something into the world, know that you compete with the master's. Don't compete with your friend next door. You know, don't compete with the other Latino brands out there. Compete with the best in the business. And so I think it's it's my duty to ask the question on a regular basis, is this fun? Is this smart? Is this beautiful? If I was a mom and walked into a store, would I buy this or would I buy a book from Chronicle Books? You know, would I buy this or would I buy a Disney princess thing? Like, I really think it's really important that you ask that question because at the end of the day, Latino moms and, and every other mom out there, they make that decision on a regular basis, and they're not gonna buy you just because, oh, you're Latino, you did it. No, they don't care. <laughs> so I, I think it's, it's it's my job to make sure that everything we do is is truly the best we can possibly put out in the world. And that includes working the, with the best possible partners that in, also includes only working with really talented creators that, you know, have a super strong vision, but also have an eye and have taste and understand how to put things into the market. So I feel like, um, yeah, I I I, it, I, I may not, I think it's just as important to um, understand, you know, the direct-to-consumer business and um, you know, audience building, as it is to understand h- how to build beautiful product. Stephen and I have a joke. It's sort of like I get it made, he gets it paid.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. That that pretty much does define the responsibilities of a yeah. CEO yeah. and a CCO. When you are creating campaigns for uh-huh. big brands, where do you start?
1: Well, you start with the customer. So, what's the customer need? And honestly, I still start there. <laughs> So advertising is the best school in the world to train creatives to how to use their talents to solve a business problem. You know, punto final. It's where if you're a creative person with a vision, you get to understand brand needs, market opportunity, and then you think, oh, I can do this and I will deliver on this brand need and solve this business challenge. And you start with the consumer and then you build the brand according to what's out in pop culture and what the consumer need is and what you think, and then your vision, what you think the brand should be, your experience. And I learned all of that in advertising. So in the case of, you know, Tiny Travelers, we looked at the market and we thought, you know, there's really a strong need for a brand that introduces the cultures of the world. So the kids, you know, they don't grow up thinking China is a bad thing. Instead, they think of these different countries as rich sources of culture. So we have now created a book on China, a book on Mexico, a book, a book on Puerto Rico. Our next book will be on India and then Japan. And the point of the purpose of all of these books is to really have you fall in love with the world, the purpose of this brand. So we know that parents, there's, a, there's plenty of parents out there that want their children to be global citizens, right? And want, we want to deliver on this need and have give parents a tool, a child-friendly tool to help share the cultures of the world with their kids. Right? So we'll start with like, what's that parent yearning that we as parents can relate to and that we think is important. And now what kind of brand can we build to make it easier for them to do a certain thing, whether it's share their culture with their kids, whether it's share their love for the world with their kids, whether it's help their kids tackle their anxiety and dreams. This is kind of how we look at things.
0: I have a rather self-serving question, which is, can a person really launch a brand from the start? Or does a person cultivate something that becomes a brand as it earns an audience and space in the market? I'm like really torn up about branding these days because now everybody's got a personal brand. Everybody's mm-hmm. got a personal brand. Everybody's on Instagram, living their personal I I brand. I don't have a personal brand. You do.
1: I make. I make. No. Friends, <laughs> okay. No. Susie had a meal. That
0: is such a lie. I looked at every headshot of you. And you have various headshots that are meant to convey all the same thing. Are they? Yeah. You. You realize you have your hands on your face in every photo that is taken of you.
1: No, I'm. I'm just trying to look skinny and pretty. <laughs> What
0: it says is warm, <laughs> approachable, just a mom trying oh, to make a book. Like, it's yeah. got like a whole— That's funny. Yeah, you your artist vibe is on
1: strong so, display. I try to keep my artist vibe on strong display because I don't want to be—I don't own a suit. I've never worn a suit. And I went to Pratt and I, you know, it took me a long time, like even going to work in advertising, I had this guilty feeling of, oh my God, I'm betraying my artistic legacy. And then I was like, no, you're not. You're being dumb. Like, honestly, like here, if you're an artist and you display something in a gallery, okay, maybe a couple hundred people will see it. Maybe if it's a big gallery, a couple thousand people will see it. If you put a message, an amazing brand promise out into the world, millions will see it. So you can actually take these people's money and put good messages out into the world in a really creative way. So that's how I sold to myself.
0: (laughs) I was about to say, I was like, that's that sounds like late-stage capitalism, Susie.
1: (laughs) That's how I sold. Myself that it was okay <laughs> to go into advertising. No, but you do. You elevate stories. You have this platform that goes way beyond. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, what is, what is the platform that a good the filmmaker has, and how does that compare to someone who's doing a show in the most prestigious gallery or the, or the largest gallery in the world? You just they just don't compare. We're talking millions and millions of people versus you know mm, a couple thousand, maybe a couple hundred thousand, if you're really, really, really lucky right so yeah it's really not about me <laughs> it's really about the work that i'm able to produce it's it's always about the work um and if if i have if i have a brand it's 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 the brand that that is behind all of these other wonderful brands
0: born in venezuela you grew up between venezuela and florida
1: mm-hmm.
0: how does your childhood show up in the work you create for children
1: i think it shows up pretty much everywhere um i was an avid reader my mother um my mother was half Irish, half Ecuadorian, and she was a staunch Catholic, and she did not believe in TV. So we had no TV growing up, and so I read books, and I read a lot, a lot, a lot of books, and books were my companion, and I love being whisked away to into different worlds. Um, and so I was never whisked away into— a Latin world in all of the books I read. read. It was, and I don't think I even got to know any Latin American stories or literature until we very abruptly moved to Venezuela. And I moved there when I was 10, right? Um, And so all of a sudden I'm in Venezuela and I'm learning about this whole culture that was a part of me all this time that I never really was immersed in because my dad commuted from Venezuela to Florida, like, (laughs) <laughs> many uh, Venezuelans dads decide to do. I don't know how common that was, but I don't know what my parents were thinking. Regardless, my dad commuted. I didn't get a lot of the culture at home. When I moved to Venezuela when I was 10 and I was enrolled in Venezuelan schools, basically immigrated into, immigrating to Venezuela, I was immersed in this amazing culture and I started to get to learn like all about what it meant to be a part of this culture. And then when I came back to the United States, I missed that culture tremendously. And I felt that that culture was really misrepresented in this country. And this is, of course, before Chavez, because I was there in the 80s when Venezuela was fun. And then when I um, got to art school, and at the time I didn't identify as Latina, I just identified as Venezuelan, very Venezuelan, but very Venezuelan, very American, not particularly Latina. The whole Latina thing didn't, didn't call to me. And um, it wasn't until later that I decided, no, no, I absolutely am a Latina. I have so much in common with this girl from Mexico or this girl from Puerto Rico and all of these different people. And I started to get the U.S. Hispanic experience more. And then I realized, oh, my goodness, I know this culture so well. I'm really well poised to serve it. So you could say that my childhood comes into play in the sense that I know what kids love. I'm very much in touch with my inner kid.
0: Here's my last question for you. You're four years in now. Mm-hmm. What do you know now about building a business that you wish you'd known at the start?
1: So, so this answer is going to sound really cocky, and you're going to have to that really makes me love make. it already. Go ahead. We're right. We're really good. You know, my gut. Everything inside of my gut was completely right. We can do this. We can do this at a world class level. Like, we were so intimidated when we did these animated videos. We were like, oh, I hope they're good. I hope people like them, blah, 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 blah. We're Emmy nominated. You know what I mean? Going out with the best, the best in the business. It's like, so I feel like we know what we're doing. Like, I feel like, if anything, I've gotten just so much reinforcement that walking in the room as if you don't necessarily know anything and learning from every single person who who is next to you is the best way to absorb knowledge and listening to your gut and holding yourself to the highest standard and constantly critically looking at everything and making sure that it is what it should be is the way to make things and I just really feel like really validated like we were right and what we're doing is amazing and and we're gonna it's just we're gonna keep making amazing things and it's exciting. Spike that football. Thank you, Susie. This was awesome. Thank Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Thank you, as always, for joining us. Latina to Latina is executive produced and owned by Juleka Lentigua-Williams and me, Alicia Menendez. Cedric Wilson is our mixer. Emma Forbes is our assistant producer. We love hearing from you. We really do. Email us at hola at latinatolatina.com. And remember to subscribe or follow us on Radio Public, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening. And please leave a review. It is one of the quickest ways to help us grow as a community. Finally, be sure to follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. We're at Latina to Latina.